Ron and Anian. If you're going on family vacation, I would encourage you to avoid New Jersey, or at least avoid cars with New Jersey license plates, because they are probably some of the most unsafe vehicles on the road. Car Doctor, your car in New Jersey can have bolt tires, bad brakes, a crack in the windshield, taillights not working, taillights falling out, fenders falling off. If the check engine light's not on, the monitors have run and they can plug in and that vehicle passes inspection from an emissions point of view, you put a sticker on it wherever you can and throw it out the door. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines, 855-560-9900. Maybe the, maybe the, the lead off this hour should actually be it's, it's time to plug your car in to the sun because uh, we've got a heck of an open conversation uh, this hour. We're going to be talking to Matt Good from the uh, Prism Solar Car out there at Iowa State University. Uh, we've got that going on just coming up in a couple of minutes. But we're also giving away this hour a 70 or 70th anniversary edition of the Wix 39 Ford Coupe diecast car. Um, from the folks at wixfilters.com um this is the exact model of the 39 ford um that we've uh, we've done this before this is not the first time for the road at the rodeo for us with this car but it um it is the only customized 118th scale 39 ford coupe hot rod on the market and it's a replica of that really great recognizable ultimate american car which has turned into a hot rod for so many people with uh no tom you can't keep it stop playing with it put it matt's back in playing the with it today he well, won't let me have it yeah th- matt's going to be the one that decides who gets it this hour because we're giving it away this hour good i'm, uh, I'm tired of sure. being the bad guy all the time listen i wanted to give it to a couple of people last hour but matt didn't want to stop playing with it so that was the problem i uh you know i, I gotta tell you he was he was a nice young man when he walked in the door he's here two weeks and already you and tony have corrupted him and your point <sighs> exactly so hey listen do you think you could turn the buttons and knobs in front of you you think you know how to do that still and uh possibly let's go over and talk to matt yeah there you go let's go talk to matt good of the prism solar car project There better be sun, right? Matt, Matt Good, Prism Solum, Prism Solar Car Project from Iowa State University. Matt, welcome back to the Car Doctor, sir. Hey, thank you very much for having me back. So, what happens on uh, what happens on rainy, cloudy days? Does the car run? How does that work? Yeah. So, uh, uh, inside our vehicle, we have a lithium-ion battery pack, and it's basically the same batteries that Tesla uses in their Model S and now the Model Three. Right. So, we're actually able to go about 180 miles just on our battery pack alone. Then we have the solar cells on top of the car, which when you do an assist, so like it's kind of like a hybrid where once you run out of you know batteries, you have your gas engine that charges you. Well, as you're driving around on a sunny day, your solar cells can run your car, and once that sun goes down, you have 180 miles at the end of the day. So uh, it's kind of like the a solar assisted vehicle. It's how we like to put it. So what happens when you're out of batteries and out of sun? Shoe leather. Well, we. 
We have a, uh, well, you might say a couple words, but then uh, we have a charging port on the side of the car, which allows you to plug into any EV charging port throughout the nation. So at a lot of grocery stores and stuff like that, you're starting to see EV charging ports be uh, installed near the stores. And uh, we made a plug that's uh, 100% adaptable to those plugs nationwide. So if you want to go on a road trip, just pull into one of those grocery stores or a lot of hotels have them nowadays. That will allow you to charge up at the end of the day. Then you can start driving tomorrow, uh, the next morning. So are these the same charging ports because you said Tesla, I mentioned Tesla, that, that Tesla uses? So it's not the same that Tesla is using. Uh, Tesla has a slightly different charging port than a lot of other electric vehicles. Uh, so the Chevy Bolt, the Nissan Leaf, uh, and those kind of electric vehicles are all using an SAE standard electric charging port. And then the Tesla port is slightly different. So we decided to go with the SAE standard, and uh, that way it's more accessible over a wider range of vehicles. Now, on your webpage, on the Prism, I'm looking at prism.org. I've got it up in front of me. Is that the car in front of all of you? Um, it, 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 uh, let's see. What If it looks like a uh, kind of a pontoon boat, white with some streaks down the side, that's the new car number. Okay. Uh, if you go to projects and then you click on the number page, uh, you can definitely see a couple more photos there. All right. So, you know, there's a P12, a P11, a P10. Yeah. Um, which one's the current car? Uh, P14. Oh, okay. We're past all that. All right. <laughs> so um, why the different versions of cars, Matt? What do you guys, you know, what you, you're changing something. You're, you're finding out information and moving it forward. What are the changes that spur the redevelopment of another car? Sure. So for the past uh, 28 years, uh, Prism's been building 1C cars and racing them based on efficiency. So how fast can you get from point A to point B just using the power of the sun? So the cars have been very aerodynamic, very lightweight, but they weren't practical. So with P14, we built the world's first solar utility vehicle. So this is a four-seat car. You have cup holders, wireless charging for cell phones. You have that plug-in capability just in case the sun goes down. Yet you have a rear hatch to haul around groceries. You can go to the grocery store with this car. And we just tried to make a regular car. And uh, with this, you also had to make it lightweight, so we constructed it out of carbon fiber. You had to make it very efficient, so we tried to use the most efficient motors, batteries available, and to really prove it, it's going to race across the continent of Australia this fall. Yeah, we're, we're actually due to talk to you from Australia. I think we've got you scheduled for that. Um, yep, so uh, in October of this year, from October 8th to 15th, we're going to be racing what's called the World Solar Challenge. So it's a cross-continental race from the north coast of Australia to the south coast, and it's to find out kind of what nation you know, and what, what collegiate university from throughout the globe is really trying to pioneer that next step of automotive technology. So we'll be racing from universities throughout the globe that have all tried to create vehicles that have more than one seat and are powered off of the sun. You know, uh, we, we've had this conversation before that what you're doing is, is, is changing the world. And that's that's got to leave all of you with some definite emotions every day, right? Because you know this isn't this this is real. This isn't science fiction. You guys are really creating this. The, so uh, when we first talked, we were going on a ninety-nine county tour of the state of Iowa, and that was probably one of the coolest things, uh, kind of emotionally for me, because we went to these small counties that were in Iowa. You know, and the whole county has maybe 
10,000 people in it. And then you, you meet these kids that uh, they take a look at this car and they, you know, they believe that this is the future of transportation. And they think when they grow up that they're going to drive a car that runs off the sun. So that has just been remarkable because now yeah. we, have, we have people that want to buy these cars. So now it's time to start making them. Right. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm looking at the picture of the current, the four-door project, the P14. Uh, you know, are those doors painted on, or do they actually open? Oh, they actually open. Uh, so we got four doors, plus we have the rear hatch. Those are working headlights in the front. You know, we're street legal. We're certified in the United States to drive on regular roads. We take it up to highway speeds. We got a top speed of 72 miles an hour. So it's fast enough to get a speeding ticket here in Iowa. So that's what we, we were worried about. You know, and we just tried to make it like a regular car that could get you from point A to point B. You know, if you got to take the kids to a soccer game, you got plenty of seats in the car. If you want to get a cold drink at the convenience store, you got cup holders to put it in. And we got, you know, JBL speakers on the inside so you can jam out while you're driving around. So what do you what do you think this car would cost in production? Hard to say right now, right? Well, so um, because this was the first car, we had a lot of costs in relationship to making the tooling. But if we went into production, it'd be about it. 85 to $100,000 car, um, kind of depending on how our manufacturing would go about. Uh, we're using, you know, carbon fiber, the most uh, efficient batteries and stuff like that. So that does cost a little bit more than, say, what, you know, you'll find in like a Ford or a GM today. You, you know what's going to happen. You guys are going to create this. I mean, you've created it, not that you're going to. You're going to create this and drive the price of gasoline down to under a buck a gallon. Because I wouldn't argue too much. <laughs> well, you know, because the gas companies are going to sit there and say this is going to put them, and it is. It's going to it's going to change. You know, you've got to realize the dynamics. And I've said this about Tesla. You look at what Tesla's doing. You know, if they can get the 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 electric car sorted out, if you can get the solar car sorted out to make it a mass production vehicle, per se, you're going to change so much. You're going to you know you're going to take the Middle East out of the equation as far as the politics and, and, and the value to the world in terms of the supply of oil. and I, I think that's really exciting, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. And, and the coolest thing, too, is, you know, this, this innovation is coming right here from the United States. Right. And it's coming from, from the Midwest for us, you know, so right in the heartland. So I think it's just, it's just a really cool thing that's occurring. Tell me about the 3M test track. You guys were out at three at the 3M track this week or the last yeah, couple of weeks. So, what would you learn there? So uh, we were doing a lot of testing to kind of see what kind of uh, energy consumption the car was using to drive around. So kind of a fun fact, uh, we were using the same amount of energy as an electric hair dryer to go 45 miles an hour. <laughs> so when people are drying their hair in the morning with the electric hair dryer, I was driving around a track at 45 miles an hour. So that's, that kind of shows you how little power this car uses to get down the road. Tom, so, can't, Tom can't relate to that. He hasn't been to a barber in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, but um, I, can you, do, you, do you learn when you go to the track? I mean, can you tweak it and get it down to you know, less than, or is this just simply to measure what's being consumed? So we are tweaking, too. So a couple of things that we're testing are different tire pressures in the tire, uh, different suspension uh, height. So the higher you lift your car off the ground, you have less of what's called ground effect or the aerodynamics uh, between your car and the road itself. But the higher you go up, you also have more uh, aerodynamic drag caused by your wheel spinning. So it's a trade-off. Right. So we're, we're out there kind of doing different runs at different dynamic setups, different suspension setups, and then different power consumptions, and just 
seeing which ones are going to be most efficient when we race in Australia, and also just testing the car. You know, the car is only about two months old, so every new car has issues. So we're running into wiring issues. We're running into some fit and finish issues. So we're finding it here before we're trapped in the middle of the Australian outback, hundreds of miles to the closest town, and need to make a spare component. We'd rather catch that here than down there. Well, you just just remember what new stands for. Do you know what new stands for, Matt? Uh, I do not. New. Never, ever worked. So <laughs> I, I, I give that to you and the team to keep in the back of your heads in that, um, you know, you don't want to find out the hard way what new stands for, as you say, out in the outback. Matt, in my last minute, tell me about the Ford Wind Tunnel upcoming. Yeah, so uh, this next Friday, we're going to be at Ford's uh, headquarters in their wind tunnel doing some wind tunnel testing. So we're going to see how much aerodynamic drag this car has. And then we'll also get to compare it to the models that we ran on computers, see how accurate our manufacturing was. And then from there, we can make a strategy for how to race across the continent of Australia. Wow. So we're hoping to really get some great numbers there and also you know, meet some very interesting people. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure they're looking forward to meeting each and every one of you. Listen, Matt, uh, my best to you, the team. I wish you guys all the best and all the good luck in the world. You, uh, you call us. We're going to hook up with you when you're out in Australia, and I look forward to that conversation. Have fun at uh, Ford next week, and we'll be, thinking, right, we'll, we'll be thinking of you. We appreciate what you're doing. All right, kiddo? Thank you very much for having me again. You're very welcome. And uh, for everyone out there listening, it's PRISM, P-R-I-S-U-M dot org, PRISM dot org, if you want to find out more about the solar car from uh, the gang over at the Iowa State University. I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor. We are coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anany, The Car Doctor at the helm, 855-560-9900. Let's get over and talk to Chuck in Texas. Charles, welcome to The Car Doctor. How can I help? Yes, Ron. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, listen, uh, about four or five weeks ago, I guess, my calendar's not that great, but uh, I called in in question about, as I researched about putting in a, a performance tip to modify, enhance, or do things to my F-150 2009 5.4. I got lucky that day because you said you got something, you know, promotion, and you, and you gave it to me. And let me tell you, I, I, I was excited. It took about a week to get or so, and then when I you, you load it on your computer, the USB, it checks, and if any updates have to happen, I was good to go. So then I put it in the truck. And it took about a half an hour, and what it diagnoses is your original setting to the OBC. Once that was done, then I could put in and set it as I wanted to, and I first tried economy. Bay, let me tell you, my gas module went from 14.2 up to 19 miles a gallon. This product is fantastic. You're talking about, now, the, you're talking about the dash pack. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, what, what I noticed initially that I knew it took was my shift pattern changed. The second gear came a little bit quicker and third did by, by follow. But wow, I watched my, you know, miles per gallon on the computer just start counting up, counting up, counting up. I was so impressed. I'm excited to go and try extreme. I mean, this product is fantastic for anybody of your listening viewers that want to uh, purchase this such a thing, it is worth the money. It is fantastic look, product. Look I at want this. To we, we, we made you a spokesman. <laughs> oh, no. I'm telling you. Listen, this thing is the cat's meow. It, it truly is. And it's right there. 
And I'm a needle guy, okay? I don't like digital stuff. I like needles. I like to watch needles. And you can set it up how you want, how you want to. Not only that, if you ever have a, a, a trouble code in your computer, it'll tell you what it is. Right. It can do parameters as large as such as your TAC rev, your your ship levels, and it just it's a fantastic product. And I understand through my little research with Hubert um, Chips. They are the the like the entrepreneur and the the foundation of such product, and they are. And yeah. y- you know, Chuck, I knew in talking to you that day, we were having a conversation about spark plugs, I believe, and how they come out. And you know, we've talked a couple of times on air, right. and I've right. always thought you were that technical guy that would enjoy something like that. But it's also for the non-technical person because you can, exactly you, you can take that, lay it up on the dashboard, and tune the engine. From the driver's seat, which is really, the, which is really, to me, staggering. You know, I go back to the old days, leaning over a fender, and listening to how it ran, and you know, looking down the throat of the carburetor, watching how the fuel's coming through, and uh, you know, right, making right, right. making adjustments and tweaking and modifying, and right, you know, turning your steering gear and all that. Yeah, right. I got you. Yeah, you're doing all that. This, you're, this, you're doing all that from the driver's seat now. And this is just awesome. Yeah. I, I just can't believe it. How yeah. simple it is to do, simple to use. But the parameters of game are just phenomenal out the roof. What well, a fantastic product! Well, you had posted up on the Facebook, up on our Facebook page, and yes. I, I thought maybe I'd get a phone call like this today. I said he's going to call in and want to talk about it. And we're glad to have you talk about it, Chuck. We 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 appreciate your efforts and your support. But um, we'll have to try and take that photo. And can you email me that photo, Chuck? Sure. Uh, send Absolutely. it. Send it to Ron at CarDoctorShow.com because I'm going to take that and post it up on the Facebook page, not just in the message area, but right on the main page. And I'll put a little caption under it and explain it, and this way everybody yes. can see it. So if they want information about it, they can surely go and yes. get it. All right, Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. As we know, this is a 5.4 liter, which is, I guess, by my math, a 332 cubic inch. Yep. But the. the the easiness of using it and the parameters it gives, the options it allows, and the, and the easy fundamental use of it is fantastic. And I can say thank you, thank you, thank you, more than I can say. Chuck, we're glad to do it for you, and thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. We appreciate the support. More information at superchips.com, by the way. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. We're on the Indian Car Doctor, 855-560-9900, the Car Doctor's 24-7 number. Live streaming at cardoctorshow.com, by the way, I should point that out, as well as podcasting. And you can go out to TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes, uh, Spreaker.com, and uh, pick up Car Doctor podcast there. Click subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the Car Doctor. Keeps them coming and uh, keeps our sponsors happy as uh, we continue to do this radio show going to our 26th, or is it the 27th year? I've kind of lost track. I'm getting old, Tom. I can't. I can't do math anymore. Um, twenty six, twenty seven, whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes. Two twenty, two twenty one, whatever it takes. Going to wire the whole house? Yeah, two twenty, two twenty one, whatever. Don't get me started, please. I love that. I have, you know, now I have to go watch that movie, Mister Mom. Right. So you Any just your problem with that? Yeah, that's a great movie. Well, yeah, it is. That's a that's a good Saturday night popcorn movie, and uh, you know, pass out after a couple of a uh, couple of hours. So, but uh, anyway, let's go talk to Barbara in Florida, nineteen eighty nine Buick. Some oil questions. Barbara, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hi, Mr. Nanny. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I have 
a Buick and the last oil change I got was synthetic oil. Okay. And somebody told me I shouldn't have done that because I always used regular before that. No, that's it's a, stupid. That's that's a myth. Let me let me let me ask you something. This eighty this eighty nine Buick that you've got, um how many miles are on it, Barbara? About hundred and sixty six thousand. All right. And you know, obviously you're still driving it. Do you drive it every day? Do you you know how many yes, miles I do. how many miles a year do you go? Do you think? Ten um, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand? About fifteen probably. Okay. So if you're using synthetic and the advantage to synthetic oil is that it, it resists breakdown to a higher degree. So, you know, okay. there's conventional oil, there's synthetic oil. Synthetic oil is man-made. Synthetic oil is, you know, if we think of chicken soup, and, you know, the chicken soup is as good as the additives that are put in it, the conventional oil starts with a chicken soup base stock, just like the synthetic, but the synthetic is a better base. It, it, it's made from better ingredients. And then the vitamins that they put in that or the vegetables and, and, and additives that they put into that synthetic oil is a better quality and a better, better you know, mix of, of vitamins for the engine. That being said, synthetic oil can go longer in between oil changes. All right? Now you're gonna okay. you're gonna pay a little bit more for synthetic, but I think you're getting a lot more. All right, you know you can switch from synthetic back to conventional and vice versa as much or as little as you want. There is no proven scientific fact or data that says it's harmful in this day and age. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I am a big fan of synthetic. I am a big fan of Pennzoil. If you, it's it's no secret. If you go out to the Pennzoil website and start to look at um, some of their synthetics and some of the things they're doing, PennzoilSynthetics.com, and start looking at their line of oils, their ultras, and so forth. One of the one of the neat things that Pennzoil has done, and I had a chance a few years back. I was at a media event for Pennzoil in New York City, and I got to talk to the actual engineers that designed it. They actually make their base stock. They make their chicken soup from a natural gas derivative. So it starts with an even cleaner base stock. It's probably the best way I could say it is it's the best chicken soup on the market. All right, it's, it's what mom would have you make chicken soup from to get you better. And the idea being that the better base stock, the cleaner base stock you start from, the cleaner the oil stays longer and the less it breaks down and, you know, creates engine wear issues. So they really do have the best stuff on the planet. You can read more at their website, PennzoilSynthetics.com. But, you know, the the advantage here is that even if you choose to change the oil every three or 4,000 miles instead of every five to six, you're still getting the best protection you can. You can go longer on time, shorter on mileage, a little longer on mileage, shorter on time, that kind of thing. It gives you more options to play with because here's the catch. You're spending a little bit more on oil changes, but you're getting better protection. And I think at this point in the game, you're not driving an 89 Buick because, you know, you just want to, right? You enjoy the car. Am I correct? I want the car. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. You enjoy the car. Um, nobody keeps eighty nine, ninety nine, two thousand nine. It's it's thirty years old. Nobody keeps right. a thir- nobody keeps a thirty year old car because you know it's. I mean, you even have trouble getting tires now. Well, I got to tell you the tire story. You brought it up. Um, we had a customer this week, eighty eight Lincoln Town Car, that they wanted white walls. Can't get white walls for it anymore. 
And, you know, they, nobody nobody makes a white wall tire in this person's size. I think it was a 215-7015. Nobody makes a white wall for it. We had to put black walls on it. And, you know, it's getting tougher to get tires for cars of that vintage. A Coker tire comes to mind, but then you're dealing with their private label stuff, and I'm not sure where it's made, and you're losing the competitive edge, in my opinion, of being able to pick and choose a quality tire like a general tire uh, for that vehicle. Um, you may want to check with General Tire just for the argument of it, uh, just so that you'll feel better. You can get out to GeneralTire.com, see what their website offers. They do list tires available by size and uh, model. You may find something there. But, you know, that's 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 going to be the problem in that finding parts for it is going to get to be more difficult. So enjoy it while you can. You may want to buy a parts car and, you know. Um, be a two-car family and have one for spare parts that you can pick parts off of, depending upon what you need in the future going forward. All right? Sounds like a good idea. I uh, Thank you so much. You're have very a welcome. wonderful day. You're very welcome, Barbara. You too. Thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. 855-560-9900. Let's go over and talk to Charlie in New York, 97 Ford Probe, and uh, see what's going on here. Charlie, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. What's going on? Uh, I have a 97 Ford Probe GT. I had uh, the valve cover gasket. Uh, replaced last fall uh, in October. I probably didn't drive the car more than six, seven hundred miles. And when I put it back on the road this spring, I I still could smell a little bit of oil, and then, and then I noticed that it was leaking a little bit. So I took it back to the garage. It did the work, and they checked it over, and they discovered that the bolts needed to be torqued down just a little bit more. Uh, he said drive it, keep an eye on it, and I've noticed that it is starting to seat just a little bit on one side. I just wondered if if maybe the gaskets that that, I think they use OEM gaskets. Uh, I wondered if, if if there was any finicky things that could go on with that. He said something about there was grommet down in, the, down in there that had to get seated and stuff like that. I just wondered if you knew anything. No, you know what, that's a that's pretty much a clear-cut, you know, job. It's valve covers off, you know, gaskets on, whether it's an OE or a good quality aftermarket, a Felpro or something, and, you know, torque the bolts to spec. It's, it's going to be an inch-pound torque rating. I might put a dab of liquid Teflon on the threads of the bolt. I, I, I like liquid Teflon for a lot of reasons. It's a good sealer. It's also a good thread locker, and it's a, it's a yeah. mild thread locker. All right, you know they they put a drop of Loctite into every little bottle of uh, liquid Teflon, and the nice thing is, you know, once you hand torque at the spec, it's not going to let the bolt loosen up, and I suspect the bolts are loosening up, and that's why it's leaking. And I think the shop is looking at it wrong. You know, those gaskets, there's no mystery here. They sit in a channel groove in the cover. They go on. <laughs> that's kind of it. Uh, you know, if the bolts keep loosening up, then I think a, a, a dab of thread locker or perhaps they did something wrong when they laid the gaskets in the trough, and maybe that's part of the problem. Okay. I've always used synthetic oil in it with a Wix filter, and uh, but over time, you know, it's 20 years old, so... Right. Yeah, anything will break down. Sure, absolutely. Um, listen, you got to look at it like this, using the synthetic and a Wix filter is what's got you driving the car 20 years later. Yeah, I only put five, 6,000 miles on it a, a year, and I, I've only drove it like 600 miles since they replaced the gasket. So. Right. 
Yeah, no, and that's you know that's not enough. There, 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 there's something else going on here, Charlie. They've got to they've got to do the right thing and go back and look at it. And I think you, you know, has this been your regular mechanic for a while? Yeah, off and on. You know, so it's yep. it's 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 time to, you know, I just said this to somebody this morning. We were talking about fixing cars and relationships, and I said, you know. Uh, auto repair emulates life in the sense that it's not about when the relationship is going well. It's about when the relationship is on the rocks, who steps up to the plate and answers the bell for the round and, yeah. you know, makes it right. And I think they will. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's time to go back and talk to them. Hey, Charlie, stick on the line and uh, stay put. Motorhead Matt has designated to me that you are the winner this week of the 39 Ford 118th scale coupe. From the folks over at Wix, WixFilters.com. Why not? You're the Wix guy, right? It is a period piece. It's got uh, black paint on it with custom cream and red scallops in each fender. It's got a color-coordinated red interior. It is the ultimate hot rod 39 Ford with North Carolina license plate detail coming to you from the folks at Wix Filters, courtesy of them, WixFilters.com. Stay on the line, Charlie. Motorhead Matt's going to get your information, and uh, we'll get that car out to you very shortly. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor at 855-560-9900, the 24-7 phone number. We'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome back. We're on the the car doctor. Um, casual conversation. Uh, Adam was in the shop this week. Danny's friend, Adam. Adam drives a little, I don't know, a 2003, 2004 Subaru. Um, uh, not a WRX, but that body style. And we were having a conversation about hot rods. And it's funny to me how... Some cars today are mislabeled. And we were talking about weight being a factor, and obviously weight's a factor with performance. Look at the conversation we had with Matt Good from the uh, Prism Solar-Powered Car Team from Iowa State University at the top of the hour, right? And Adam was telling me about how his Subaru weighs 3,400 pounds and how much faster it would be than the hot rod, than the 55 Chevy. And I looked at him, and I said, Adam, how can that be? I said, the 55 was, it, it weighs less. The, the, a 55 Chevy curb weight on the average 55, depending on how it was loaded, was 3,170 pounds. And he was stunned and he was, how can it, how can it weigh so little? And I, and he was there at the moment when we were flipping over the Lexus seat. We were working on the 2006 Lexus, the ES330. And, you know, he was there at that moment. And I said, here's why, because look at all the modules that are crammed into this driver's seat and think about what each one of those modules weighs. This is four pounds. This is six pounds. This is 10 pounds. All of that stuff adds up. You know, one thing can be said about the, the cars from the fifties and the sixties, they were very mechanical and you know, they were big and maybe they don't have the crash and crush zone rating of, of what cars are today, but look at how technology has taken over and made that heavier car go faster with better fuel economy and have crash zone capability. In terms of a hot rod, you know what? I'll still go for something lighter because I'm not so much worried about crash crush and uh, anything else. I'm looking for zippy. Um, but uh, it was funny to to have the uh, conversation with Adam this week, and I know he's out there listening today as he uh, he's a closet car doctor listener. Um, you know, no, Adam, you can't get a job this week. Adam wants me to... Uh, hire him as a, as a technician. He, he wants to go be a police officer, and I keep telling him, would you go be a cop, please, and get out of here? Um, you know, it's it's got to be easier chasing bad guys than chasing bad parts. Um, that's not bad. I might have to make that into a into a byline. What's easier, chasing bad guys or bad parts? Um, 
So, but uh, just something to think about, you know, the weight of cars and, and how cars have uh, uh, ballooned in weight. And it got me thinking when I was talking to Matt Good a little bit ago that, yeah, you know what? The car of the future is going to have to weigh a whole lot less than the current population because weight's going to become everything to these cars in terms of, you know, how far they'll go and on what fuel economy. Um, so just, just, just saying, just some food for thought, no pun intended. Hey, 855-560-9900 is the phone number. That is 24-7, by the way, in case you're just coming on to us. Uh, you want to call 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Or, you know, if we're not on the air Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on the network, you can call 855-560-9900. Leave a message. Motorhead Matt, our executive producer, will call you back and, um, you know, talk to you about your car and its problem. And while you're there talking to him, Test Matt's automotive knowledge. Wait till you see how much he knows about cars. The front, the back, the side, and where the gas goes, if you're lucky. That's why we call him Motorhead Matt. I'm Ron Anady the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anady the Car Doctor. Let's real quick get over to Bob, Wisconsin, and a 2015 Chevy Equinox and some questions in our last couple of minutes. Bob, what's going on? Well, I bought, I just bought a, a 2015 Equinox. It's got 27,000 miles on it. Okay. My wife and I are both in our 70s. We don't drive that much. Uh, the car that I drive right now has got only has less than 3,000 miles on the last oil chain two years ago. Wow. So I'm wondering, would it be better to switch over to a synthetic oil or stay with a standard oil? Synthetic. Absolutely synthetic. The synthetic will resist moisture. It'll resist any sort of contaminant and and the breakdown issues that conventional has, um, especially from sitting that long. Uh, You know, listen, the hot rod's got the best oil on the planet in it, and I'll pull the valve covers off in the spring once in a while just to take a look and see what things look like and or I'll pull the oil fill cap out and I can see the little droplets of water that have collected from sitting over the winter and it's in a it's it's in a controlled climate garage and yet that happens so imagine you know being outside in the elements or just in a regular garage what can happen moisture is the biggest problem on a vehicle that doesn't run and then if you do take it out and you drive it and you just go five minutes ten minutes away the engine never really comes up to temperature enough that it's going to boil out any of the contaminant so conventional oil tends to break down quicker synthetic lasts longer that's one of the reasons when Pennzoil starts talking about they're using synthetic made from a natural ga- gas base stock. That's what it's about. They're starting with a cleaner base oil, and that's what helps create a better synthetic oil. And that's what you know. That's what the big deal is about with Pennzoil synthetic. So absolutely, synthetic oil is where you want to be. You can read more about Pennzoil if you're interested at PennzoilSynthetics.com. I would probably be changing that oil. Because you don't go far, I would really be changing that oil every six months regardless, six to eight months regardless of mileage. Um, at with, least with, with a synthetic? Even with a synthetic. Just to, you know what, I would do the next oil change, I would put synthetic in it, I would do the next oil change in six to eight months, look at the color, look at the condition, what does it look like when it comes out? Because here's the deal, you don't want to have to do any engine work to that 2015 Equinox, it's far too costly in the long run, so the little bit extra you spend on an oil change now is going to come back to pay you dividends later on, and um, that's just my perspective on it. Bob, I appreciate the call, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.